welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host, Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity, and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between, the highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Welcome back to Unleash Your Creative Magic and episode eight where today I'm going to be talking to you about points of view. Can you hear the rain in the background? I'm recording this on the most wettest, miserablest, bank holiday May Day Monday ever. Actually, I don't know about you, but I really do love the rain. And my favourite sweatshirt says coffee, rain and books. I'd like to give a big shout out to budding writer Oliver, who has been listening in for some writing tips with his lovely nan, Joe. Oliver, keep writing and get your nan to send me some of your stories. I can't wait to read them. So the last couple of weeks I have been a little sidetracked. How about you? How are you getting on? A little update. I'm still setting my alarm for the crack of dawn and still drinking lots of coffee to fuel my creativity. I suppose it's better than vodka at 5am. Although I often wonder if the words would flow even faster. Maybe I should try a social experiment for the sake of all writers out there. I'm only joking. If I drank vodka at 5am, I'd be ready for bed again by 8 So the proofreader's gone back. Yay, the book is now signed off and it's just a matter of waiting for publication day, which is the 1st of June. So where are we up to with our writing process? Oh, I know, I'd talked about plotting and outlining. But what about who is going to tell your story to the reader? Who is going to be your narrator, the voice of God? Whenever I think about the voice of God, it's always Morgan Freeman who pops in my mind. He does make a pretty impressive God-like figure. When I started writing, I didn't give it much thought. I had no idea what first person, third person or any of that jazz was. I just did what I thought was right for the story. So I'll dissect the ghost house for you as an example. Your story's main character is usually the narrator, i.e. the one who is telling the story. I wanted Annie Graham, my main character, to be the storyteller in the modern day part of it. But this book is a time slip and it goes back to 1886 and the time of the Ripper murders. So I also needed someone to tell the story from this year as well. And for this I chose Alice, a young housemaid whose diary it is that Annie finds when she first visits the long abandoned mansion where Alice used to work and then later on partly owns. I didn't know this at the time but I wrote Annie's story in third person and Alice's in first because Alice's story was told through her diary entries. I'm going to be honest with you, I truly just wrote from my heart. I didn't know about any of this stuff and I really did just wing it which might just have something to do with the reason I ended up having to rewrite the entire book so many times. So I'll give you an example of Alice's diary and a first-person narrative. 25th of December 1886. My name is Alice Hughes. I am 15 years old and work as a housemaid for Lord and Lady Heaton of Manor House, Abbey Wood, Barrow in Furness. I am very fortunate I was given this journal as a gift from Lady Hannah, who told me that to write is a precious gift that should be used if one has been fortunate enough to be blessed with it. It is thanks to Lady Hannah that I can write. She always gave me time away from my chores to sit in the schoolroom with Master Edward. Fast forward a couple of years. 
1st of October 1888. I was so busy this morning sorting out my things that I did not sit down until mid-afternoon to take some tea and read the newspaper. I picked up the times and the headline made me distraught. There had not been one, but two more murders in the East End of London. Both Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes had been found with their throats sliced open and other unspeakable atrocities atrocities, (laughs) committed against them. It read that the first victim's body was still warm when it was discovered, and the murderer must have been disturbed doing the dreadful deed. So these are both snippets from Alice's diary that my modern-day character Annie has discovered, and a good example of first-person point of view. If I refer to it as POV, it just means point of view. By the way, I used to read Arthur's tweets about POV and wonder what on earth they were talking about. So, other examples of first-person point of view. I'd never given much thought to how I would die, though I'd had reason enough in the last few months, but even if I had, I would not have imagined it like this. Does anyone know what that is? Love or Hate the Twilight series, which I really loved at the time, is a great example of first-person narrative, and so is The Hunger Games. First person point of view is very intimate and immediately transport you directly into the story and you are there seeing it from your narrator's eyes and and what's going on. The disadvantages of that are it can be limiting. If everything you see is only from that viewpoint, but there are some fantastic stories written this way and if you find you enjoy it when you're writing, then please carry on. Classic stories with first person points of view are To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte and Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. I don't know if I've said that right either. So going on to third person narrative, which is the most common point of view in fiction. This is a way of telling the story from the strongest characters in the books. Owen's women have been blamed for everything that has gone wrong in this town. If a damp spring arrived, if the cows in the pasture gave milk that was runny with blood... If a colt died of colic or a baby was born with a red birthmark stamped onto his cheek, everyone believed that fate must have been twisted, at least a little by those women over on Magnolia Street. This is Practical Magic by the utterly fabulous Alice Hoffman. Have you seen that film or read the book? It is one of my all-time favourite movies. But getting back to it, I find that it helps to have no more than three or four different characters' points of view telling the story, Otherwise, it can get confusing. And here's a tip I learnt very early on from my editor back there, Nanny. You cannot change a character's point of view halfway through a chapter. She called it head-hopping. I would have Annie's perspective on the scene and what was happening, and then all of a sudden it would swap over to what Will was thinking. There is a way to change perspectives in a scene, and that is by putting a couple of asterisks to draw a line and signify that it's a different character who is now telling the story. But in general, it's easier to stick to the one person's point of view per chapter. And actually, I've just been going back through a copy of The Ghost House and my characters do seem to switch point of views in a chapter. And thankfully it works, but there is always the asterisks there to signify the change of character's voice. But as I've got more experienced, I think it's easier to try to stick to the one. I notice that the chapters in The Ghost House are very long which is probably why it happens. Now I write much shorter, snappier chapters, which make it much easier to tell the story from multiple points of view. Here's my example of a third-person point of view. Annie Graham studied the selection of keys on the rusty hook behind the kitchen door, looking for the one to the crumbling Victorian mansion. Recognising the white plastic keyring, 
she plucked it off the hook and pushed it into the bottom of her pocket. Earlier, she had filled a rucksack with a torch, some rope, a bottle of water, a bag of quavers and a bar of chocolate. All the things a girl couldn't live without. She felt like Indiana Jones about to go on an adventure. Her training as a police officer made her less inclined to fear the things that most of her friends would. I didn't realise it at the time, but I was being overly ambitious for a writer who was just starting out and didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing or how they were going to do it. It would probably have made my life a whole lot easier to have stuck with a third-person point of view throughout that entire story. But then you have to ask yourself the question, would that story have worked if there hadn't been multiple points of view, a mixture of third and first? I think that it was probably this that made it stand out a little to Anna when she first read it. So here's to being blissfully ignorant, writing what you think works best for your story, and then figuring it out along the way. There's a lot to be said for it. There's also omniscient narration where the story is told by getting into many characters' heads. And this is often used for long epic sagas such as The Lord of the Rings or The Game of Thrones. It is useful when you want your reader to see everything from multiple characters' points of view. But be warned, it can be difficult to stop both yourself and your reader from getting confused if you head hop too much without making it very clear whose head you've hopped into. Which isn't to say that you can't do it, because what's my favourite saying? You can do whatever the fuck you want. So if this is what your story needs, then it is what it is. And I would suggest extensive plot boards and lots of post-it notes to make it less confusing for yourself when writing this way. It's also worth mentioning second person point of view, but this is just a short note about it, because it's definitely the least popular. Writing in second person is where the narrator is telling the story to another character by using the word you. It can be a very different experience for the reader, and if you manage to pull it off, it can also be very impressive. However, I think that unless you have some experience, it could be really tricky to write well, and I wouldn't even attempt it. Apple Tree Yard by Louise Doherty and Spill Simmer Falter Wither by Sarah Baum which made the Costa First Novel Award 2015 shortlist, are books that prove it is possible to be done. So which is my favourite? Definitely third person. It's something that I find I gravitate towards and slip into without very much effort on my part, but it's all down to your personal choice and style that you enjoy writing. Think about the sort of books you really love to read. Have a little bit of a closer look at them and see who is telling that particular story. Then have a go and see what you find fits comfortably when you're writing. If you try first person and it doesn't work, try writing the same chapter in third and see which you prefer. There really is no set or hard way or fast rules about any of it. The only way to do it is to have a go and see which viewpoint suits you better. Thanks for listening. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, take care. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, take care.